Welcome to the Two Marketing Moms podcast. Two women with 50 years plus of marketing. Integrity and culture are extremely important. Still say, I don't know. Stop multitasking and be present in the moms have balls. Big time. Welcome to the Two Marketing Moms podcast. We are two women with more than 50 years of marketing and advertising experience between us, and we want to talk about the struggles, the fails, and the wins that we experienced while building our careers, being a boss, juggling work in a home life, and arguably the hardest and yet most fulfilling job, being a mom. This podcast was created for marketing and advertising professionals, especially the up-and-coming marketing stars of the future. We hope these tips, tricks, and advice will help you navigate work and life and get ahead. Hello, today on the Two Marketing Moms podcast, we're exploring the world of internships. Our 35th episode is called Maximize Your Internship with special guest Imogen Stevens. Welcome, Imogen. Hello, Kelly. (laughs) Imogen has been an intern for Williams Whittle for about a year and a half, and we want to talk a little bit about how she became an intern, the types of projects that um, she takes on as an intern, and how she kind of evolved through her her internship to where she is now, which is handling everything, everywhere, (laughs) all at once, to quote a movie. (laughs) Correct, Imogen? Correct. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about um, how you became an intern with Williams Whittle. Perfect. Um, So I go to University of Colorado Boulder, which is where Kelly went, and I'm studying marketing and obviously... Williams Whittle is an advertising agency, so those both go hand in hand. And then I used to live in D.C. with my family, and Kelly is also from D.C. area, so we had those mutual connections, and it just made sense. (laughs) That's true, and you started in the pandemic, correct? So you've been 100% virtual um, Mm -hmm. for the whole time that you've been in internship, because I'm in D.C. and you're in Denver and Boulder, correct? Yeah, how has that worked being in a 100% remote intern? Um, it's kind of nice because I can like do things at my own pace a little bit and there's more flexibility there. Um, and with Zoom and everything, I feel like I've I've been face to face with everybody who works within the Williams Whittle team. But there was a bit of like technical difficulties with certain meetings or like the time difference is big. Yeah. If I want to join like a 9 a.m. meeting, I really got to get up. <laughs> That's true. Well, um, you're, what are you majoring at CU? You're in the business school, correct? Yes. Um, so my area of emphasis is marketing. And uh, you graduate this year? Yeah, in May. And then you're going to do something very interesting, which I hope was kind of inspired by your time at Williams Whittle. And what is that that you're going to do next? Um, So CU offers a 10-month master's program that goes from July to May. So in July, I'll be starting my master's program at the the Leeds School of Business grad program in business analytics. And if you told me I was doing business analytics like two years ago, I would have been like, "Mm, that sounds a little boring. But now that I've gotten more exposure to that, I can see the application and I think it'll be good. Wonderful. Well, let's let, let's revisit that um, in a couple of minutes because I want to talk about kind of the progression of your internship of what you started doing with us and kind of how that evolved. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of remind both of us, you actually started doing analytics and dashboards um, with with web dashboards was the very first thing that you did for us. And that kind mm-hmm. of evolved into research, which evolved into social media and more writing. So let's talk a little bit about dashboards and 
you know, I think we we needed some additional help. We needed someone who understood Google Analytics and um, we create these lovely one page dashboards and there's a template in Microsoft uh, Excel that you input the numbers based on the data from analytics and it visualizes your data in a nice way and it has insights that can be placed in that data. Talk to me a little bit about what your experience was in um, learning Google Analytics. Is that something the school mandated or is that something that you did on your own? Um, that's something I had to do on my own. Everyone in the business school at CU has to take an Excel class. So my Excel experience was very limited. Um, we just made our own little calculators in there and I like barely bolded the text to go into these like beautiful graphs and very well organized presentation of the data. Um, but someone on your team taught me how to, we pulled a lot of the data from Waze uh, like the navigation app. So yeah. doing that and then the Google analytics and placing it all in the dashboard. So I, I know how to make it more savvy and pretty than what probably I was doing in school. <laughs> <laughs> so you were creating dashboards in school. Is that correct? Um, in a way, probably like elements of it, but never all together. So how did things click once you, from what you learned in school to your internships in terms of your, your applications of doing a dashboard, what, where, what, and when did it finally click when you realized, okay, this all makes sense. And then beyond that, Hey, I'm as interested in this because, you know, I'm interested in the interpretation of the data and how this works that I might actually want to get my um, master's degree in it. Um, it more clicked because the way we were taught it in school is they just gave us like a random data set and then tell you what to do with it. Whereas this, I'm pulling the data and then there was like some freedom with some of the graphs. So you have to think about like the best way to present it rather than than like my syllabus just saying, put it in this format. So it kind of forces you to interpret it a little more and like think about what the data actually is. Um, so that helped make it all click and make it make sense for what I was actually doing. And then what was the follow up question? <laughs> um, just how did that kind of inspire you to continue or to want to actually major in it? I mean, you didn't just wake up and say, oh, my God, I love data. But what, <laughs> what, what about it is that made you interested in kind of in majoring it in essence? Um, so for this client in particular, it kind of was helping show where for social media where make them made the most sense and most impact for where you were targeting. So I kind of liked learning that because it just makes everything else we do more efficient and gives more like strategy and purpose to everything else for yeah. that client. So I think learning how important it was to like revisit that data and continually check on it um, inspired me. I was like, oh, this is an important thing and I can do it. <laughs> Well, your your work with the basic web and social dashboards kind of evolved to eventually we started doing a lot more data visualizations, which were are a lot more complex things. Mm -hmm. And those data visualizations, um, we basically gave you a bunch of data um, on, for example, recycled units. And we, we told you to chart how many units were recycled in different markets so that we could see uh, very easily that XYZ market was recycling more than another market, which really kind of helps our clients be able to look at the data and say, okay, well, maybe we need to focus on those 
markets that are not recycling as much data. It's one thing to look at an Excel spreadsheet. It's another to look at a, a, a pie chart or a bar chart and to see visually. And then you go, aha, wow, these markets are doing so much better than that market by, by, by creating those data. How is it working on some of those data visualization projects? You know, really just using your knowledge of Excel because we don't have Tableau or any of those wonderful uh, technologies to do it for us. I definitely had to watch a few YouTube videos on <laughs> like converting the graphs into different formats and whatnot. But I had a lot of fun once I like understood how to make them and make like try and experiment with what made the most sense for the data. I know I probably sent you like the same chart in like by pie bar line yeah. Yeah. in different colors, like all the works, but it really does make a difference. And especially when you show it back to the client, like looking at Excel and just like random numbers is really overwhelming. But when you have it in the chart, it makes it easier to click. I love a pie chart and I love a <laughs> chart, especially when the colors are different between year over year. So you can really see mm -hmm. what the current year it is that you're working on. So um, with regards to dashboards, data analytics, Google Analytics, and um, data visualizations, what kind of skills um, do you think interns should brush, up, brush themselves up on so that they might be able to participate in those type of activities um, at their internship? Um, I would say make sure that your like basic core competencies of Excel are pretty strong, even if that means like I had to watch a few YouTube videos if you need to watch a YouTube video or two that's okay. Cause Excel's capabilities are like beyond. And I, I learn a new function every time I go on there. So, but as long as you know, the basics, um, that will really help you. And then Google analytics and all the like data mining areas, those you kind of just need to like play around with. And like, once yeah. you gain access to that, just kind of like clicking around and making sure that you're utilizing all the data they give you because there's usually a lot in there and you have to kind of like search for it to get the best the best pieces so you were self-taught on google analytics you didn't learn it in school yeah um have you thought about getting uh google analytics cert certified i i think in one of my classes this semester they have like a project that makes you become google analytics certified so a year and a half a little late, but I'll have an edge <laughs> class. <laughs> well, truth be told, I'm not Google Analytics certified, but I've been using it since Google Analytics Google started and um, uh -huh. uh, the analytics started in, in the early 2000s. So for me, it's trial by hour error. And of course, when it cha they change everything to GA4, I'm going to have to really learn it all over again. Mm -hmm. So it's good to keep yourself up to date. Well, let's move on to the next topic of, of projects that you worked on um, with Williams Whittle. You helped us um, in research, and we did a lot of research on brand audits, you know, competitive reviews, idea cur curations, specific requests for data that clients have on different topics, all sorts of range of topics. Tell me a little bit about the types of research that you did for Williams Whittle um, and if, how you like them or not. Okay. Um, one of the main types of research projects I'm given are the brand audits. So that's usually like new clients or a main competitor of a client. And I, I, or whoever go and look at their website and all their socials and kind of analyze how they're doing in that department and pull a few examples and then just give an overview of their company, their mission, where they focus, 
um, pull all their like following numbers to see com like comparatively how they're doing. And then I put that in a nice little PowerPoint presentation. So that's like one of the main ones. And then I would say the second biggest is just like general trends or competitive reviews. I know for one of our like hospital-based clients, I did a lot of like guerrilla marketing um, reviews. And that was actually really fun because guerrilla marketing's always like cool and outlandish. So yeah. um, pulling like co competitive ads and whatnot, I would say is the second biggest. Yeah. Well, that, that information is very useful, not only to our clients, but useful to me, the, the brand audits, I use them for new business pitches. So I might say to you, give me everything, you know, on XYZ topic and you have to learn it. And that's, I think the fun part about advertising, would you say, is you get such a range of topics of things that you're working on. It's not boring. It's not necessarily the same clients because there's things that you're pitching. So you learn about so many different categories, correct? Yeah. And when I decided I wanted to emphasize in marketing, my main like driver of that was I wanted something new, like every so often. And with like finance and accounting, it, you might have different clients, but you're doing like the same like income reports and balancing the same spreadsheets. Whereas like with different clients, you have to like tap into different parts of your brain and creativity to best serve them. And I've definitely reinforced that at Williams Whittle because there are a lot of a big range of clients. That's true. So have we bored you or not bored you? I I don't feel bored. <laughs> and I know um, since I've started, the there's like two or three main clients that have stayed consistent and there's like a consistent influx of work. Yeah. But the things that I've had to do for them, like ever changing, like I don't think I've, well, except for I'm really familiar with California zip codes right now, but <laughs> I've never done the same thing twice. You are. You <laughs> are. Don't give me a zip code project, please. Go <laughs> try, try project. All right, let's move on and talk about the the third category that you really moved into and kind of evolved in over time, you know, relatively quickly. I don't know what what was it, six to nine months that you started mm -hmm. helping. Um, I think you started helping with Williams Whittle social media, um, and then that kind of evolved in some other projects. But let's talk a little bit about social media. Um, I'm, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to say what I learned from working with you over time was that you're a, a very strong writer. And then when we ask you to do, do some writing for Williams Whittle social media. Uh, I noticed that your writing for the social media post was rather clever. Um, and so we started to give you some additional work outside of Williams Whittle. Um, I think you started with push notifications, running push notifications, and you're really good at being able to do that and, and get the key message in, in in a certain number of characters. And that also evolved into what? Um, so I do the social for two marketing moms yes, um, and copywriting for that. And then to the push notification client liked my voice and the way I wrote those. So they've like started specifically requesting for me, even I took a little break over the summer and Kelly sent me an email. I was like, if you have time, they want <laughs> you. So it always feels good for that. And then one of your newer clients, I'm like on the side, helping them run their social copy because they've seen what I've done with one of William Whittle's clients and two marketing moms. So building like my portfolio. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, the social media thing is interesting because, you know, I'm an account person. You think about account people sometimes have to be jack of all trades. And 
I, I suppose eventually you want to do some, be an account person or, you know, someone with digital and data, correct? Yeah. And do you want to work advertising agency side or client side? Do you know yet? Um, I used to think client side, but working for an advertising agency, again, like I really appreciate the versatility of the different clients and you can kind of adapt and change and it keeps you stimulated. Yeah. So I think I would rather do that. And it also gives you like more opportunity to explore and find new strengths. Cause prior to my internship, I, the only like Instagram captions I did were my own and those weren't super creative or <laughs> witty and emoji filled. So um, yeah, it's find what works for you and you may not notice it. I, I feel like you had to like explicitly be like, you're good at this for me to click. So <laughs> Well, it's fun to be able to tell people what they're good at and then push them a little further to find out what else they're good at. And I think once we realize that you are a good writer, I think you've expressed some interest in also doing um, graphics uh, for Two Marketing Moms. And I think that um, Two Marketing Moms was a little bit easier because we had, you know, we had a brand look and we had a feel and it was already inside Canva in terms of the, the colors. And you had a couple years of content that you could um modify um and use but you really kind of took it and made its own with the posts that you've been managing and um i i love the direction that you've taken you've done a lot more creative things you've learned how to use headliner you've learned how to record videos or to do video clips and um audio clips and that kind of the podcast part of it is a whole nother realm right mm -hmm. um has that given you an another interest area to have expertise in in podcasting um yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think <laughs> podcasting's cool just because there's so many elements of it. Like there's the audio that, again, we used headliner and you have to make that interesting with just audio. And then with the video, I was like, I don't know how to get the video into Canva. So I, I don't know if you know this, I, <laughs> I pull it up on my phone and then I screen record it on my phone. Oh, and then I text it to my computer and then I put it in Canva. So like I had to learn and adapt and find what works for me in that process. But with copywriting, um, one of the other interns, whenever I had to write for Williams Whittle, I always wanted to see the creative or whatever the like visual post was before I wrote the copy, just so it doesn't repeat if there's words and it just kind of fits the same tone. So when I make both, it's easier to make them like complement each other um, and expand. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, we've talked about three different areas. We talked about dashboards. We talked about research. We talked about so, uh, social mart, social media. Um, I would like to find out what your advice is for interns on how they can maximize their internships based on your experience. Do you have some advice to give? Yes. Um, so this isn't a must, but I think it's a pro that a lot of people might overlook. And it's working for a smaller company and a smaller agency. Um, I don't know how many people, it's like seven to 10 for Williams Whittle. Uh, yeah, in the main area, but we have about 18 on our team, including freelancers. Okay. So seven to 10 in like the main Slack channels that yes. I see. Um, <laughs> seven to 10 so, in the Slack channels, correct. <laughs> yeah. And there's two, my myself and another girl are both interns. So working in the smaller agency, I feel like I learned more than some of my friends that have like 
worked for these larger companies just because the attention you get is like more one-on-one and for like the first year of my internship I was in the meetings with president CEO account exec like the whole higher up thing and then there's me at school in the meeting so I get to see more firsthand everything and then you utilize slack so I'm in all the slack channels so even if I'm not working on a certain project I still see everything and it gives you just more context for like the ins and outs of what it takes to run a business and more consideration of like oh I know if I do this someone's gonna have to recreate this so I need to be more careful things like that so I think a smaller agency has a lot of pros that might go overlooked just because they're smaller. So that's one thing to look for. Great. And then a second thing is you, you're hired as an intern. So your employers know that you won't know everything and that's okay. So if you have to ask questions or ask for extensions, I think nine times out of 10, they'll appreciate the honesty and want to help you and like build up your skills and confidence in whatever area it is rather than you silently struggling. And then they're messaging you like, where is this? Everything. Okay. (laughs) So knowing your capabilities and being okay, asking for help is another big one. Excellent. And communicating communication is important. Where am I? I am on a different project and when, when I'll be able to make that deadline, et cetera. Yeah. And then a last little one would be asking for things you prefer I know sometimes like you since there's two interns at Williams Whittle you guys will ask like okay someone needs to take this or one of you needs to do this and me and her kind of work it out or we both kind of already know our capabilities and where our strengths lie so I'll sometimes just kind of leave that one for Jessica (laughs) and she'll do the same for me so knowing when and what to take and um, asking for more of like similar projects, like with the social copy. I think now those kind of just come my way, but before I would ask to do those more often than other projects. So being okay to ask for different things if you want to try a new some new thing. Love it. Any other thoughts? Um, not that I can think of. Is there anything that you've, I know you've had more interns than myself over the years, if you've noticed anything. No, I mean, I guess I would say or add to what you said, other than you, you, you've expressed areas of interest that you have. And I think that's important. If you don't express it, we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Asking for more work if you don't have it, um, or if there's not enough on your plate, Um, you know, building your natural skill sets by getting certifications um, is really good because that helps prove your expertise. Um, that's one thing that I would definitely recommend Google analytics, for example, or Facebook analytics, social analytics, using how to do, learning how to do, um, you know, those social platforms and how to, how to post social, um, et cetera, you know, demonstrating your value, which, which we, which you have clearly done. Um, and then, um, for me, an intern really needs to be reliable. They need to be dependable. They need to meet their deadlines. Um, you know, if they don't, aren't able to meet their deadlines, you know, to have them to ask for an extension, um, being responsive is really important. And I think, um, especially the fact that you and I, we work a hundred percent remotely, virtually we use, um, 
uh, Slack, which I know can be very irritating to a lot of people, but because we're on a different time zones than each other and you have class, it is easy because I can give you a list either through Slack or we have a Google Doc spreadsheet of a list of projects. Um, and then you can grab me and talk on the phone when we need to. I think that's helpful, just having a constant influx of projects so you're not like waiting for something else to come. Mm -hmm. um, but, but expressing, um, you know, expressing your interests. Um, and then, um, you know, bringing new ideas to the table. Um, I think that's something that you've done really well with us um, in terms of how you write, the types of types of creative you've developed, um, some things that we want to do on TikTok and have done on TikTok, which I really appreciate. And um, I think a lot of it is also, um, you know, building trust over time. And I think when you deliver in the way that you do as an intern, Imogen, um, it makes me trust you as a boss more and, and to give um, additional work, throw additionally your way, because I know that you're able to deliver and I know what how much you're able to um, to handle workload wise. But if if you, you you always have to speak out if you don't have if you are overwhelmed, you need to be able mm -hmm. to speak out and tell people that um, that pay hey, that's too much. I need a little bit more time X, Y, Z. Any other thoughts on maximizing your internship? Um, I think just to summarize everything you just said is like the notion of under promise over deliver. Yeah. And yeah. I know with some of the projects, like it's pretty cut and dry. You just kind of need to do what you need to do and it will be done. But with other things, there's more creative freedom for you to push the limits and like right on day one, you don't need to be like sending a million ideas and telling them how they should change X, Y, Z. But if you start to notice things like, that's the value you bring. You're a new like idea, you're a new perspective and you, they need to take that on board. And otherwise they're not getting their maximized value out of you. And I think you'd rather have someone at the table who speaks their mind than just taking up another chair. <laughs> Absolutely. Virtual or otherwise, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I've really appreciated working with you, Imogen, and I'm excited to continue working with you. And I hope these pieces of advice that we've given here um, on this video will help others uh, to maximize their own internships. Thank you yeah. so much, Imogen. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Kelly. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a podcast review or send us a message at twomarketingmoms.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.